Hey, thanks for joining us. I'm Chad, one of the pastors here at Parkview. And if this is your first time hanging out with us, let me tell you what Parkview is all about. We're a church where regardless of your past story, you can take a step with God. That means whether you've been running from God for a while or you've even been church for a long time, you have a step to take and we wanna help you discover what that is. One thing that is true of every person on planet Earth is their need to be connected with other people. We're wired for community, to have people in our lives who cheer us on, help us grow into being people God wants us to be. And honestly, we don't believe you can fully grow spiritually unless you're connected relationally. So here's the deal. If you don't have those kinds of people in your life, we wanna help you find them. And at Parkview, we have small groups of people that, well, interestingly enough, we call small groups. And they meet online regularly to talk about life, read the Bible, we pray together. And if that's something you're ready for, or at the very least, you're ready to find out more information about it, we want you to go to parkviewchurch.com slash next steps. Fill out a next steps card. Our team will be in touch with you and we'll help you discover the step that God has been asking you to take. So glad that you're joined us today for Pastor Tim as he continues our series on the greatest of all time. Enjoy the service. Hey, everybody. Uh, glad to have you back with us. We're doing the 23rd Psalm, the greatest of all time scripture in my mind. And we're going to talk about the table today. We're moving on. Opening verses of Psalm 23 are really so peaceful and tranquil. And it's just such an amazing scene. You know, you just got blue skies. It's just like this week in Chicago, if you're around here, right? Just crazy. I love fall in Chicago. If you moved here from somewhere else, it's always like this, all the time. If you're watching online, Chicago's always a blue sky kind of place. Can I get a dilly dilly? Always, maybe maybe not. But Psalms 23 starts out reminding me of those images that you would see in those motivational posters, you know what I'm talking about? Where this picture of this lush green golf course and there's a word underneath it that maybe says opportunity or something. I just feel like you could start Psalm 23 with a bunch of those motivational posters. You know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You got this picture right here of the shepherd and his sheep, and the word underneath it is, is peace. It's beautiful. And then it says we're taken into green pastures and we're lying down in them and we're grazing in these wide open spaces of the green pastures. And the picture underneath says rest. Doesn't that just look great? I mean, you're gonna wanna copy of that, right? I know. Then we're being led by the quiet waters and the stillness and the calm, and it's so peaceful, and the word is refresh. Oh, yeah, I love this. And finally, we get you know on the right path, and we all wanna be on the right path because we know how important that is, the straight path, the path that leads me to the good place, and underneath is the word direction, right? This is, this, is, this is so great. It's no wonder that Psalm 23 is the greatest of all time. Who wouldn't want those kinds of images to color the way they think about God and about life? And if this was the backdrop to the setting in which my relationship with God was gonna play out, then by all means, the Lord is my shepherd, right? This is, this is great. But then Pastor Todd has to take us into the valley of the shadow of death. Come on, Todd. It's 2020, man. We don't need no more stinking valleys, do we? Where's the motivational poster on that one? You know, the dead cow skull out there in Death Valley? Great. That's wonderful. That's a set change, though, isn't it? In Psalm 23, there's, there's no more green pastures, and I'm not lying down anymore. I'm walking. I'm walking through the valley. 
Shadow Valley, where the death is. Hey, don't blame it on Todd, okay? I, I gave him this week. I didn't, I didn't want it, okay? And I went to California to do birthday with my granddaughter, uh, her fifth birthday, and Halloween with my grandkids out there. And I just got to tell you, in California, you couldn't go trick-or-treating. So we just hid candy in the backyard like Easter eggs. That's what we did. But, but here's the picture uh, of all of us. It was Moana this year, okay? And yes, I got to be Pua the pig. Thank you very much. That's what grandpas get. And my wife is the crazy old lady. So we had a bunch of fun. And by the way, I know you're wondering, how to go with the other kids? down in Nashville. Well, it was a Star Wars theme. Look how adorable Maggie is as little Princess Leia. Okay, anyway, the Death Valley, right? If that's not bad enough, then the next verse says, he's preparing a table in the presence of my enemies. And if you're following along in here, you're like, wait a minute, hold up. Who invited my enemies? Where'd they come from? How did that happen? So then you end up with this motivational poster, right? You got your enemies at a table in Death Valley, right? I mean, there's all the enemies around there. There's, you know, even Aaron Rodgers, right? You're welcome. There's a cat. It's great, right? So here's what I want to do. I want to read Psalm 23 again together. I want you to be working on memorizing this because it's so important to you to have the goat in your life. And um, just read along with me, okay? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Okay? Here, here, here's what I need you to understand, okay? Pastor Todd did a fantastic job of talking about even though, okay? Didn't he? I mean, so good. Because even though is going to happen, okay? Even though with one flip of the line in this poem, it, it, there's now a clear threat that surrounds me. There is now darkness around me. And I suspect that most of us have lived long enough to not be surprised by a change like that. I mean, we've lived through it, right? Forever now, the most famous Friday the 13th ever in history will be March 13th, 2020, right? That was the day the coronavirus shut down the world. In a matter of hours, we went from green pastures, bye-bye, and we're in a valley, and we're at a table with our enemies, except maybe it wasn't a table. Maybe it was our devices with our enemies. I don't know, but all of a sudden, everything started getting enemy-like, right? And all of a sudden, this is messed up, man, and that's how it goes. Those of us that have lived long enough know that's how it goes. Sunny skies give way to dark clouds. That will probably happen in Chicago this week, okay? Things are just going along fine for you. Job was going well, relationship was going strong, doing great in school, success, money, whatever, and then all of a sudden, everything changed. The set changed, okay? And sickness for you swooped in out of nowhere. Your job disappeared. A loved one left. There was depression. You fell off the wagon. You were abandoned or abused. Life doesn't look the same after that. The path is not as clear. There's, there's no still waters and green pastures around. And maybe you find yourself in that place right now. 
and you're struggling because you remember what the blue skies and the green grass looked like, but darkness has overtaken you. The sets in our lives can change. They, they will change. However, this is so important. This is why Psalm 23 is so important. There is a big change also in Psalm 23 that I wanted to make sure that you saw. And it's a U-turn, okay? Not a U-turn, but a Y-O-U-turn. Let me explain. He starts off talking about the shepherd in the third person, right? The Lord is my shepherd, right? He, he maketh, right? He leads me. He refreshes me. He, he takes me to the paths of righteousness for his namesake. I'm talking about he. I'm talking about him. That's third person. But then we get to the valley of the shadow of death, and I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, for you are with me. Do you see what happened? All of a sudden, we get to the valley, and it goes from third person to second person. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What I'm saying is if, it, if it's one of those times for you that's dark and there's enemies and there's a valley, uh, it's time to take a U-turn, okay? Go from thinking about God out there to you, you and me, God. I wanna have direct communication. With verse four, the darkness in the valley is closing in. But here's what's important. He is no longer speaking about the shepherd. He's talking to the shepherd. He's no longer speaking about the shepherd. He's speaking to the shepherd. We're not listening to someone tell us about God. We're listening to an intimate conversation between David and God. They're close enough to talk to one another in the place where the, 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 the rocks are rough and the edges are sharp and the darkness is thick and the enemies are around us. The shepherd draws close to his sheep and he's in the valley with them. Okay, it was important to start with the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, right? Capital Yahweh, that guy, the God, that God. We gotta start there with the right view of God. But then we're back to the my shepherd because we really need that when we get into the valley. He is not a God who is to be theorized about in clear weather. He is a God who is tramping right alongside of you in the valley. That's the shepherd. Do you know him? Todd said this so well last week. Do not equate your darkness with his distance because he's there. I need you to have all that perspective about the table. And let me just say this. One of the things that should really comfort us about Psalm 23 is the confidence that David has in the shepherd. I mean, if you know the story, you know that David's life has been full of watching God show up for him. Okay, there was a lion and a bear that he killed as a shepherd boy when he was young uh, that God gave him the power to deal with. There were many times in battle that God gave him power in battle. And of course, there's that whole Goliath incident that, you know, most of us know about with the giant and the rock. And, and, and guys, he survived a dysfunctional family that would make the Kardashians look normal. God has been there for him. And again, David is writing this towards the end of his life. Like me, he can look back in awe of what the shepherd has done and know that whatever happens, God will be close and God will win. But he's talking to the shepherd right now. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What does that mean? 
That means that he's packing, okay? If you ever get to go on a mission trip to Africa, if we ever get to go again, you should do it sometime and go to Malawi or to Kenya when we do these things because we go see the animals as a part of that and it ought to be on your bucket list to get to a safari, man. I mean, it, it's, you go to the game preserve and you get to see the animals out there in the wild. And, and one of the things that's really crazy is the hippos. And, and I know you don't get this, but the hippos are the most dangerous animal, most dangerous mammal in the world. They kill 500 people a year. When you went on that jungle cruise to Disneyland, you were like, hippos, what's the big deal? No, it's really true. So we got to see the hippos. Here's my family, the five Harlows and the five hippos. My girls hate this picture. And they tell you when they get there, when you get close to the river where the hippos are, they say something really important. Always stay near the guy with the gun. There's the guy with the gun walking along the riverbank with us, making sure the hippos are okay. And I knew this was gonna make a great sermon illustration, so I got a picture of me and the guy with the gun. You see, the problem is one of the uncomfortable things that happens for us as sheep is when the, the scene shifts, we immediately feel ill-equipped for what is getting ready to happen. And David is saying, even though I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm near the guy with the gun. Always stay near the guy with the gun. The shepherds were well-schooled in the rod and the staff. They had to be. They were like shepherd ninjas, man. They could do whatever they wanted to to protect you with this thing. He says, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies, okay? So we got the rod and the staff, and we got the valley, and he's with us. And Okay, great. And the second person and the personal my shepherd thing. But why are there enemies? I want you to understand this three beautiful word pictures here as we get into this next verse. There's the table that is set at a large banquet, right, for, for, for whoever's there. The second one is that my head gets anointed with oil. And the third one is a cup that's overflowing. Now think about what's happening. The God Almighty of the universe, the Lord, the shepherd, is preparing a table for me. Just hang on. I know you've said these words a bunch of times, but he prepared, you preparest, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This table is not for anybody else. It is for me. It's my table. You need a word picture, think about Chuck E. Cheese or the jumpy place or the go-kart place and it's a birthday party for a kid and there's a special room and on the outside of the door, you know, or the window or whatever, there's a thing that says party for little Timmy Harlow and it's right there on the sign because Timmy Harlow is the honored guest. Maybe it's a surprise party even. And you see this large party at this large table and you walk in and you're super excited because you realize not only is it a cool table full of good food, but they're there to honor you. You're the focus, man. And it's, it's not your parents who put this on. It's not crummy Chuck E. Cheese pizza. This is the Lord, your Father in heaven. And as you look at the language of this, it actually makes it sound like God set the table himself. He didn't hire a caterer. He didn't hire it out to somebody. He prepared the table before me, like my wife will do at Thanksgiving in a couple of weeks. Matter of fact, 
you know, we only use the dining room like twice a year, right? Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I was doing a little bit of work in there and I had to make sure I got it cleaned up so that she could get everything painted and ready to go so she could prepare the table. Put that in your brain and imagine that you are the honored guest. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. So all the predators are out there in Death Valley and all they can do is watch as the Lord, our shepherd, prepares a table in honor of us. The sheep are not in danger. It's almost as if the shepherd is saying, hey, those of you who are enemies of my sheep, not only am I deadly ninja with my staff, but I am such a strong shepherd that I can make my sheep lie down in green pastures and not be afraid of you. And I can prepare a banquet right here in front of you and we're gonna eat while you watch. And we might even go play skee-ball for a little while. And you're going to sit there and watch because you can't do anything about it. Because this little sheep right here, my sheep, Tim Harlow, he, he's been through a dark valley and I want him to sit and have a good meal and feel my love and my honor. I mean, I don't know if God says nah, 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 nah or not, but this would be the place where he did if he does. Why am I so sure about this? This is the next verse. Thou anointest my head with oil. Anointest my head with oil. What is that about? Well, that was when a guest would come in, 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 in these Old Testament days, when a guest would come in, the host would make sure that the servants washed the feet of all of the guests. That was super important, okay? That was that whole Last Supper thing when nobody did it. But every once in a while, if you had an honored guest that came in, maybe the birthday boy or the birthday girl or a person they were very excited to have in their home, when the honored guest came in, not only did they get their feet washed by the servants, but they would get their head anointed with oil. I know it doesn't make any sense to you, but that's what they did. And a servant would not do it, the host would do it. In our case, the Lord would do it. To say, hey, this is the honored guest. I wanna make sure everybody knows that. We're honoring you today. Think about this. You are a sheep and you feel insignificant and God is saying, no, no, no. You mean everything to me. You are my honored guest. I love how David puts this together, man. I mean, the, the first four verses, he's talking about the shepherd and nothing about the sheep. It's all about the shepherd, right? And the sheep are insignificant in the first four verses. But then once the dark valley hits and the enemies show up, David says, hey, don't worry. You are really important. The shepherd wants to make sure that you know that you're really important. And does David know something about feeling insignificant but getting anointed? Oh, oh yeah, a whole nother backstory. First Samuel 16, God through Samuel says, hey, I want the next king of, the next king of Israel is gonna come from the house of Jesse. So Samuel loads up and goes to Jesse's house. He says, hey, Jesse, the next king is gonna come from here. Why don't you get your sons out? Because it had to be a dude in that day. Hey, get your sons out and we're gonna, we're gonna figure out who it is. And Jesse gathers all of his sons, kind of, all but the youngest, David, who is out with the sheep, okay? Jesse is so sure that one of the older sons is going to be the guy, he doesn't even bother getting David in out of the field. David is so insignificant, he's not even invited to come when the prophet comes to the house. 
This is very bad parenting, boys and girls. This is very, very bad parenting. If a prophet shows up and tells you one of your kids is going to be blessed by God to be super important to the world, you should make sure that all of your kids are there. You with me? And Samuel took the horn. Oh, well, they figured out, uh, not, not, you know, none of these are them. Do you got any more kids? Oh, yeah, Dave, insignificant little David's out in the field. It couldn't be him, could it? Samuel says, yeah, uh, I don't know, bring him. Let me ask God. God said, oh, yeah, that was him. That's the one I want. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. <laughs> I don't know if that's a table of your enemies or not, but man, what a deal. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. See, you think you're insignificant? You think all that anybody, all that God sees is your flaws. Nobody sees you. You're just a punk kid out in the fields. No, God sees you. And not only does he see you, he favors you and he anoints you with oil. All while your enemies or your brothers are watching. That's why this is the greatest scripture of all time, right? And there's another part to the oil thing too, if you want to stick with a sheep analogy. Um, you know, I didn't know much about sheep. The closest I get to them, they're usually already dead and have been marinated. Um, but another interesting thing about this is that the shepherd would put oil on the head of the sheep for a couple of reasons as I was studying it. One is he would put it on their noses because there were insects that would bother their noses and, and you know, get in their noses and mess with them. So there wouldn't be any rest for them if they're always like, you know what it's like, you know, to always twitching. Okay, and another thing is the sheep are dumb, so they're gonna go off and, and get cuts on their face and on their head, and, and oil was a medicinally something for them as well. So you could take this oil thing any way you want, okay? A way to calm you and make you rest, a way to heal you, a way to anoint you, whatever. It, it goes every one of those directions. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup, runneth over, okay? The overflowing cup, as it were, should be fairly obvious. That means it's full and actually a little bit too full, okay? This gives you perspective, okay? And, and I don't know, I mean, it's hard to drink that way. And I gotta tell you, I miss the old grape juice, those little cups we got with that nasty stuff in it. Ooh, this is good old Welch's. I just got to tell you that when it's full, sometimes it's even overflowing. And when you get to John 10, 10, where Jesus is talking about being the shepherd, here's a little perspective for you, okay? I know that you may not feel like you have everything you need, but John 10, 10, about being the good shepherd, Jesus says, and this is a very famous, often quoted verse, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. In Romans 15, Paul, Paul says, may you overflow with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, what I'm saying is that maybe you're in a dark space right now. Maybe it's unsettling for you right now. Maybe you're looking for something solid and something settled in the middle of the chaos of your life. I, I understand that. Maybe fear has hijacked your thoughts and your emotions are running wild. I, I, I get all that. Psalms 23 says, listen, if the Lord is your shepherd, peace and comfort 
is, is available, even if you're in a dark place, but only if you stay close to the shepherd. That's the only way that it works. So I want to invite you, even in our online campuses, to go find something. You can pause it right now if you want, but go find some bread and some juice of some kind, Gatorade, whatever. It doesn't matter. I, I know you're not prepared for this. It can be wine. It was wine in Jesus' day, whatever. And think about doing communion together with this, okay? Just go, go grab some. And, and I, I really want to tie Psalm 23 into the table, okay, the, the Lord's table, what we call communion time. Because in the middle of Jesus's darkest valley of the shadow of death, there is a table. There is a table where a meal has been prepared in the presence of his enemies, All right? Think about Jesus. He already knows he's on the most wanted list. He knows they're coming for him. And literally, Judas is at the table in the presence of my enemies. I mean, you talk about the valley of the shadow of death, yet the Spirit of God gave him strength to see it through. And he will for you too. And we do communion at Parkview every week because we want to remember this time. So even if you're in a place where you're not sure where you're at and you're not where you want to be and it feels dark and your enemies are around, the shepherd is close. Anywhere God chooses can be a place of blessing. God is not threatened by the armies flanking you in the valley. He is still God in the presence of evil, in the middle of darkness, in the face of your enemies. He's still leading you and loving you and capable of helping you in whatever circumstance is going on. And God says, none of those threats that are coming at you from the outside will prevent me from being your shepherd. They cannot stop me from defending the sheep in my pasture and leading them to a place of rest and a place of peace. And don't miss next week. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, if you got something, there's nothing magical about it. You don't have to make any special things happen. Just take a little bit of bread and remember my body, Jesus said, that was broken for you. And he said, take this cup because it's overflowing, but it's overflowing because it represents my blood that was shed for you to forgive you for all of your sins. And drink and remember me. Why did he tell us to do that? Why did the early church do it every week? I don't know about you, but I run into enemies in dark valleys just about every week. And I need a weekly reminder that even though he is still with me, he is my shepherd, you are my shepherd. I shall not want. My cup overflows. Father, be with us right now. There may be some people that haven't had communion in a long time or maybe never have. I pray this is a watershed day in their life. That, that This is a day where they said, you know what, Jesus? I need you to be my shepherd. I want you to be my shepherd. 
Let the sacrament of communion today be my way of saying, yes, I need you. Yes, I want you. And for all of us, thank you for this great scripture and for this weekly reminder. And thank you that even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it, our cup overflows. And when we drink from it, you're just going to fill it back up again because that is who you are. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Hey, it's been so good to be together. If you were encouraged by today's service, don't forget to share Parkview on the go with some friends. And if you'd like to participate in communion, we've got a short communion service available that you can find at the Parkview online Facebook group, or you can find it at parkviewchurch.com communion. Before you go, let me share this with you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and give you peace this day. See you next time.